0: I'm just teasing, just teasing. Second Chronicles 13 and 12. Now look, God himself is with us as our head. And his priests with sounding trumpets to sound the alarm against you. O children of Israel, do not fight against the Lord God of your fathers, for you shall not prosper. What in the world is Israel doing here? What in the world is Israel doing here? I'm I'm reading this and thinking, they know better than this. And then I think to myself, I know better than things too. This speaks to all of us. But Jeroboam caused an ambush to go around behind them. So they were in front of Judah and the ambush was behind them. And when Judah looked around, to their surprise, the battle line was both in front of them and in the rear. And they cried out to the Lord, and the priest sounds the trumpets. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost here today. Then the men of Judah gave out a shout, and the men of Judah shouted. Hallelujah. It happened that God struck Jeroboam and all of Israel before Abiah and Judah. And the children of Israel fled before Judah, and God delivered them into their hand. And Abiah. And his people struck them with a great slaughter. And 500,000 choice men fell slain in Israel. Thus the children of Israel were subdued at that time. And the children of Judah prevailed. Because they relied on the Lord, their God, of the fathers. <laughs> Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that we can read this, Lord, and we can see ourselves right here in the Word. I'm asking you today, Lord, to let me minister what you've given to me, Lord. Let it fall on fertile ground, Lord, that it may rise up in us one day. I ask you, Lord, to anoint our eyes and ears, to see and to hear what you'd have to say to us today. Anoint me as I speak, in Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. (laughs) Hallelujah, you can be seated. I want to preach today for just a few moments with the subject: Shout your way to victory. Shout your way to victory. Is that when you're crying right now? It's tears of joy because I have the Word of God to lean on that He t- teaches me and leads me and guides me to let me know i got to shout for victory. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's a shout of war. In our text, we see how powerful it is to rely on God in times of trouble. And you know what? I need to rely on God even when I'm not in trouble. Usually not relying on God when I'm not in trouble is what gets me in trouble. This man here, I would have said Abijah or something like that, but the Strong's Concordance told me it's Abiyah. We see how Abiyah and Judah looked around to see that they were completely surrounded by their enemy. Talk about being in trouble. While he's up on the mountain letting them know what's going on, they sneak in behind him. And so now they had an enemy in front of them, they have an enemy behind them. How many have ever felt that way before? You felt like everywhere you looked, there was an enemy that's there. You didn't realize they were behind you. (laughs) How many have ever had somebody stab you in the back? You didn't realize you had an enemy behind you. And when you turned around, you felt like, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I don't have anybody to lean on, to, to let me lean on them. You see, a lot of times Satan and his demons surround you and try to distract you from God's ways and his will for your life. He'll surround you with as many things as he can just to see if you'll go back to your old ways. I've been preaching this all week. I'll just tell you, I've been preaching this all week. I just tell you i have been preaching this all week i can not tell you how many people I've preached this to already this week. Satan is trying to get you to go back to your old ways. He's trying to trick you. He's trying to surround you so you'll go back to your old ways. See if he can get you mad enough at God to reject God. Blame God for everything that's going wrong in your life. For all your troubles, it's God's fault. If he was a loving father, he wouldn't allow these things to happen. Isn't that what we say sometimes? Nobody said amen. Nobody says that. That's what your enemy wants to do to you. He wants to surround you. He's going to surround you with things like marriage problems, family situations, sons or daughters on drugs. He'll surround you with addictions, pornography, sickness, losing your home, losing your job, losing a loved one, no money in the house, and so on, just to see if you'll go back to your old ways. Wow, we need to talk to Job, don't we? We all need to be reminded of things once in a while, and I just... When I ask the question, can I remind you of something right now that you already know? Say, yes, pastor. Yes, pastor. Okay, thank you. Thank you for giving me the permission. Ephesians 6.12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Them customers at McDonald's are not your enemy. We were building an apartment in Conway one time. And if you know anything about construction, you understand the floor needs to stay a little bit dirty. When you come to sheetrock and you start spraying things, the floor needs to have some dust on it. It needs to have some dirt on it so it doesn't stick to the concrete or whatever other floor surface you have. We were doing this for some doctors. They were building these apartments and every night this woman was just, she was obsessed with cleaning that floor. Over and over and over. She brought her shop back one day and was vacuuming out the walls before we put insulation in. She was she was cleaning the place up like she was gonna live there that night. Oh my, she wasn't my enemy. That spirit was against us, though. It was frustrating. Stop looking at your spouse as your enemy. Your children as the spawn of Satan. You're dealing with principalities and powers against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. We have to understand who our opponent is. It may be manifest in our spouse, it may be manifest in our children, it may be manifest with other drivers, but we're battling spirits. You have to understand. There's so many times I walk in and I'm just in a good mood, and something happens, all of a sudden somebody's mad at me in a storm. I'm like, I tell my dad about it, and I said, What's going on? I said, I'm just walking in asking, you know, this, and this guy's so hateful, He he just laughs. He goes, you're fighting the spirit. You're, having a, you're, you're fighting the spirit. And I was like, well, I just wanted to get in the flesh right there. The enemy wants you to freak out over whatever situation you may be in and just give up. But to us, saints of God, Sunday morning worshipers, that's just not an option, is it? We're not giving up. We're not going back. We're not giving in. Hallelujah. In verse 15 of our text, it says that they gave the battle cry. And then the New International Version, it says, a shout of war is what they said. Shout of war. You see, they didn't get scared and freak out while they were in the middle of this enemy. And they're behind them. They're in front of them. They're all around. And there's soon going to be war. They didn't freak out about all that. I don't even know why I'm saying freak out today. You listen too much 70 music, I guess. The effect of the shadow of war is in verse 15 through 17. God will destroy the problems that are in front of you, destroy the problems that are behind you. We need to destroy the things that are already past. God's already forgiven us of. The devil's trying to bring back. We need to destroy them things. Hallelujah. The Bible says he destroyed 500,000 of Israel's best men. The warriors. Wow. When we rely on God and give that shout of war every day, we'll have a victory. We need to understand who we're fighting, but then also know that God is the one that's going to bring us our victory. He is our leader. He is our helper. He's the one that's going to bring the victory. And the last thing on the shout of war, you need to know that every day is a constant spiritual war or battle. Sometimes everything's just good. You get up in the morning, everything goes great. You stop at Krispy Kreme, the donuts are hot. The coffee's hot. Everything's great. This is just a great day in Drew's life. And then all of a sudden, something hits. You're like, what just happened here? I just had a a donut that would melt in your mouth, and now look at the devil right in my face in the form of a person. We need to understand what we're battling. We need to understand who we're battling. Number two, the shout of faith. In the book of Joshua, we see the shout of faith. God spoke to Joshua and told them what they had to do to have victory. We all know the story. We know how the Israelites come across uh, the the Jordan and they come across some dry land. We understand all the nations were scared uh, and and Jericho was shut up. We understand all this thing. And then God gives Joshua a plan going forward. It was a great plan. I'm sure everyone thought it was going to be a great military battle filled with all these great strategies. They probably thought God had some weapons hid for them in the bushes. He hid Moses in the bushes and the river. He hid the ram in the thicket. God's probably got a tank behind that bush. I don't care if the walls are locked up or not. We can bust through with this tank. They probably thought God would just show them where the guns were and the Israelites would burst into Jericho and tanks and airplanes and the war would be over. Stop and think about this. Joshua's got to tell the people the plan. All right, everybody gather around. Here's the plan. This is great. This is from God. Man, this is going to be good. God's got, mm, mm, this is going to be good. We're going to (laughs) walk. And then what? Keep your mouth shut. And then what? We're going to do it six times. One time each day. Am I hearing Joshua right? What's what's going? On? What else, Joshua? Well, on the seventh day, okay, here it he is. This is the big plan. The seventh day. This is going to happen right here. You're going to walk seven times. <laughs> now, come on, they're human. They they and they're hearing this plan and they're probably thinking, "What in the world is going on here? This is not a plan. This is a karate man would have said it like that. This is not a plan." What kind of plan is this? Walk around a city for six days. One, we had to keep our mouths shut. We can't even say anything. They're probably yelling and screaming things over the top. Yeah, hey, look at you guys. And I got to shut my mouth. I can't respond to that. Joshua had to tell the people they had to keep quiet, don't speak. But on the seventh day and on the seventh time around, when you hear the trumpets blow, shout with a great shout and the walls will fall down. So are our weapons our mouth? No guns in the bushes? No tanks, no airplanes, nothing, no no airstrikes, nothing. What's going on, God? I got to use my mouth? Hmm. We use it for everything else. I preached on our mouth Wednesday. By the way, you missed a great, great sermon on our mouth, guarding your mouth. Hallelujah. Joshua had to tell all of his people, all of this stuff to his people, and whether they believed him or not, here's the good thing right here. They were wise, and they chose to believe him. They chose to believe, and they decided to trust God and to have faith in God. Why? Because they followed Moses, and they seen the miracles of Moses. They knew the hand of God was on Joshua, and as weird as it may have sounded, that's the plan. We're going to follow that plan. Okay, we're going to follow this plan. It sounded weird that the, the shout and the walls were going to fall down. That sounds weird. but They pretty much said, if God told this to Joshua, then that's what we're going to do. That's the plan. This is what we're going to do. God asks us to do so many different things. And and instead of obeying what God's asked us to do, we rebel. We rebel. And we don't do the things. Why? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Why? Come on. God can do whatever you want. He called Lazarus forth. He just said, come forth. He said, Lazarus come forth, so everybody didn't get out of the grave. But, you know, he says some three simple words, Lazarus come forth, he raises the dead. Come on, God. That's the way we become. God, would you speak to me? Speak to me in that still, small voice. And then when he does, you're like, really, God? That's so weird. I don't want to do that. I I can't go talk to them, God. I can't give to that. I can't do this. I can't do that. Lord, help us to be obedient the first time God asks us to do it. It sounds crazy. It sounds foolish. It sounds wild, and I don't even know that I believe it. Ah, that wasn't God talking to me. That missed, uh, maybe Joshua just missed it. He's human. He could have missed it this time, so maybe he just... It sounds crazy to give God 10%. He said he'll send blessings pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That don't make sense. Amen, Pastor. Good job. It's not logical to trust God and to believe his word when it says, By his stripes we're healed. It doesn't make sense to throw down a staff and turn it into a snake and eat up all the other snakes. It doesn't make sense to stretch out a rod to the Red Sea parts and the Israelites crossing the dry land. It doesn't make sense for there to be a fire by night and a cloud by day for to lead his people. It doesn't make sense for the thirsty to be refreshed by striking a rock and water start flowing out. God likes to work in the foolish things. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, but God didn't ask us to make sense out of our situation or our problems He just wants his people to trust the process. It doesn't make sense, but God said, do it. Joshua 6 and 15 says, But it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. They already did this six days. They're doing it again on the seventh, but this time they're going seven times. On that day, only they marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time it happened. We need a happened in the church world today. On the seventh time it happened, when the priest blew the trumpets and Joshua said to the people, Shout for the Lord has given us the city. Hallelujah. Verse 20 says, So the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpets. And it happened. There's that word happened again. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout that all the walls fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Wow. Simple obedience brings the victory. But how did he do it? With the weapon of the mouth. Shout. We're to shout. What happens when we shout? When the shout of faith occurs, the walls fall completely down. Hallelujah. The walls fall completely down, just like in Joshua's day, just like in our day. When we begin to shout, when faith The walls are going to come down. Hebrews 11.30 says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. Hallelujah. It's amazing to know that what man may seem and say that is impossible is possible with God. The Bible says in Luke 1.37, For with God nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. Isn't it just amazing? Even though we go through problems that may seem impossible. We have a God of the possible. We have a God of the possible. We need to stop walking in life with our natural eyes. And start walking with our eyes of faith. Second Corinthians five, seven. For we walk by faith and not by faith sight. Stop looking at the situation. Stop looking at what's behind you, what's looking ahead of you. Stop looking at the walls that are boarded up. Start trusting and start walking where God said walk. You walk. You walk and keep your mouth shut for six days. And on that seventh day when you hear the trumpet blow, shout to the Lord. Shout to the Lord. And the walls are going to come falling down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to trust God to have faith in Him that even even though it might not make sense to us, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. When we can't see our way out, he knows what he's doing. When we can't see how it ever work out, he knows what he's doing. When we can't see how we can pay the bills, he knows what he's doing. Brother Andrew has an awesome testimony. I love hearing about it. When he's struggling in his bills and God convicted him and to start paying tithes, and he started just paying tithes, it didn't make sense to him. It didn't make sense how God was going to work it out. But God worked it out. Not only did he work it out, he began to bless Brother Andrew over and over and over. God's economy does not work the way we think it should work. Hallelujah. That's the same way with everything we God. got. If you think it can't be done, he's the God of the possible. He is the God of the possible. In our health, he knows what he's doing. In our marriage, he knows what he's doing. In our finances, he knows what he's doing. In our job, he knows what he's doing. In our crisis, he knows what he's doing. And if we just have the faith in him to just shout the shout of faith, hallelujah, shout the shout of faith in the middle of the impossible, God will break down the walls and make things possible because that's the kind of God we serve. Number three, and I'm moving quickly. How did that clock go that fast? Shout of joy. This is the last one. Shelly, you can come back. First Samuel 4 and 5, it, it clearly says, And when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted so loudly that the earth shook. Well, pastor, that's just not my personality. I don't. I'm quiet. You know, Peyton is about the quietest person I know. It gives him no excuse to shout to the Lord. That gives you no excuse to shout to the Lord. It's our job to shout to the Lord. We see it clearly in the scriptures. That's our job to shout. So I don't care how quiet you are. You need to lift your voice and say, Is the shout of joy. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 4 7 So the Philistines were afraid, for they said, God has come into the camp. These people were shouting, and the Philistines realized, God has come into their camp. We're in trouble. We're in trouble because they're shouting unto their God. The Philistines knew. The devil knows. Your enemy knows when you begin to shout for joy that he's in trouble. We have to see that when we shout, we are taking action. We're not just not playing dead. They say if you see a bear coming at you, play dead. If I see a bear coming at me, I'm going to have a heart attack. I will already be dead. <laughs> what was the card told me? He said, Dad, if a bear ever comes to you, they have an attention. All bears have an attention disorder. Get you a fidget, spin around, just spin it. <laughs> Here you go, bear. This is yours with that I hope I have fidget spinners in my pocket when I meet the bear Matthew 10 and 1 said and when he had called his 12 disciples to him he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease James 2 and 19 says you believe that there is one God you do well even the demons believe and tremble you had to understand the Philistines, they were evil people. They even understood the shout of joy. The devil understands the shout of joy. So what is the effect if we shout with the shout of joy? The, the effect is the Lord strikes fear in the enemy. You know, something else I don't want us to miss is in each one of these instances, there was something we had to do. We had to take action. We had to shout. We had to use our mouth. You know, we, we praise God and, and we, we come into this facility and, and usually it's, it's nice and cool or it's nice and warm and the atmosphere is set, the lighting is set, and we just come in here and, and that's fine. We can worship him in spirit and truth, but there's times, I don't know about you, Brother Scott, but there's times in my life I've got to shout. I've got to shout. You know, when I coach baseball, I tell the moms and dads, I said, let me scream at your boys. You tell them how bad a coach I am, and you just love on them. It's not because coach is mad at them. It's because I want their attention. So I holler out at them. Carden, Reagan. Move. There, there. Catch the ball. Pinch the ball. Throw a strike. Come on. I'm shouting to get their attention. I know I don't always have to shout, but boy, when I shout, it gets God's attention too. He said, that's my, that's my children down there hollering at me. When my kids holler at me, dad, I hear them the first time. Most usually I'm getting older. Sometimes it's the second time. I'm attentive to their call. I'm also attentive when they say, man, dad, you did a good job today preaching. Dad, you did a good job doing this. Dad, you did a good job doing that. We start shouting to the Lord. Start telling you are my Father. I trust in you. I believe in you. I I put my hand in your hand. Your mighty right hand, Father. I trust you with my life, with my wife, with my kids, with our church, with our city, God. I trust you. And I'm going to shout for joy because you've given us the city. Hallelujah. 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 If we can shout with joy in the middle of our tribulations... With a shout of war, with a shout that makes the ground shake, our enemies will tremble in fear. Any obstacles in our path, any walls that are preventing us from getting to the other side, they'll collapse. There'll be no match for the power of God. The secret is waking up each and every morning with a joyful heart, giving those shouts to the Lord Almighty. Psalms 118 and 24. I've been reading Psalms this week. And in Psalms 18, I just keep reading it over and over and over. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm not giving the devil any days, including Halloween. It's not his day. He can call it whatever he wants. That day is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. In the same chapter, in verse 15, it says, this is God's words translation. I love this, 118 and 15 in Psalms. The sound of joyful singing and victory is heard in the tents of righteous Tents or tabernacles is what that translated to. It, the, the sound of joyful singing and victory is heard in the tents and tabernacles of righteous people. The right hand of the Lord displays strength. We need to be playing music that lifts up God. Oh, pastor, don't get on to my music now. We need to be lifting up the name of the Lord in everything we do. You wonder why you have a depressed spirit. Shut off the country music where everybody's dying. Your dog died. Your wife left. And you're getting drunk. Shut it off. You're getting a better mood. Keep be preaching. Keep going. We wonder why things are happening. Start putting a joyful noise in here. And it's going to come out right here. Don't wake up saying, oh, another day of hard work, another day of troubles. No, wake up joyfully praising God even though you don't have the money to pay your rent. Maybe back in them days they didn't have the money to pay for their tent. Praise God anyway. Praise God even though your kids are doing bad things and your marriage is falling apart. God will provide. He will provide. Shout to the Lord with faith. Trust Him. He knows what He's doing. John 3. 1633 you can stand with me as i read these things i have spoken to you that in me you may have peace in the world you'll have tribulation but be of good cheer i have overcome the world hallelujah hallelujah right now as Shelley sings i want you to lift your voice and begin to shout to the lord I don't know what she has planned. Start shouting to the Lord. Let him know that you're here at TFT today in Greenbrier, Arkansas. Father, I thank you.